Hello and welcome to the Vorthos cast. I'm Jay Anelli. I'm Lorelai Weissel. I'm Brian Dawes. And I'm Ashley Barrow. And I'm Carrie Thomas. Carrie, you're alive? Well, I was dead. And in magic, you know, the dead stay dead. But what happened? Something exceptional happened to me. A strange warrior shaman appeared and placed a hedron cocoon around my body after I was crushed by the bookcase, and it saved me from certain death. How did that happen? Well, that's not even the end of it. When I eventually came to from my hedron cocoon, I realized that Joda had actually thought I died, and everybody believed that too. I tried to make my way to you all, but long story short, I died and Limduel took over my body. So, you're dead? No. If I was dead, I wouldn't be talking to you right now. The good news is that the body Limduel had taken over was actually me inside of my friend Kalist's body, and once I died, <laughs> I returned to my actual regular body. Is that the end of it? No. Why would that be the end of it? Well, then I was killed by my mentor, but Christina of the Woods brought me back to life. But at this point, I was so exhausted at being killed and resurrected so many times, I was just looking for some safety and stability. I found a nice peaceful plane, worked for a god for a bit, and then he killed me. Okay, so that's got to be the end of it, right? Mm, sorry. No, I actually fell from Nyx. I wasn't dead yet, so I didn't go to the underworld. Nicobolas bargained for my body and then rebuilt me, or tried to. I ended up dying to Liliana pretty definitively at the end of a very climactic battle. So you are dead? No. Matthew Stover actually forgot I died and brought me back anyways. Ah! <laughs> so welcome everyone to our special anniversary episode of the Vorthos cast. It has been over a year now since we incepted this podcast, and we have special guest Carrie back with us. I'm back. And that was a very, very long bit. Hope you all appreciate <laughs> it. Back again. It was a good bit, Carrie's Carrie. Carrie's back. Tell a friend. Guess who's back? Guess who's back? Before we go ahead and get started, we do have some news. Greg Wiseman is going to be on Weekly MTG this coming Thursday in advance of the Emerald City Comic Con panel that I will also be on with Greg. So I would make sure to tune in on Thursday if you're a fan of Vorthos News. And then, if possible, check out the Emerald City Comic Con panel. I will definitely be talking all about it when I get back. I hope it's streamed or recorded. We don't actually know that yet. Yeah, I don't know. With a lot of these conventions, it's it's iffy, and it's like a convention thing. Internet at conventions can be really expensive, so I'm guessing that if they haven't already planned it, you're probably not going to be streaming it. They might record it and release it later, but that's something. Streaming is probably not going to happen. Jay will have to give on-panel guerrilla coverage of the event. Yeah, I should I should like live-tweet it while I'm on the panel. <laughs> just shift your phone around at angles on the desk whoever's talking that i think would be pretty on brand for magic's coverage <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, the shade of it all ouch Oof. so let's get to it today we have a couple things we want to do being that it's our anniversary episode and all this episode is going to be about us and the podcast not so much about magic story itself 
So we solicited a bunch of listener questions that we'll get to a little bit later. But first, we kind of just want to have a discussion about the history of the podcast, the inception of how we eventually got here, and go from there. I think it's best if we start at the beginning. So, 13 billion years ago, there was nothing. And then there was this huge explosion called the Big Bang, and just like the universe existed. Can we fast forward just a smidge? That's fair. So. We had a group chat. That's the actual start of it. (laughs) That's the disappointing start of it, is that we had a group chat. So we had a group chat on Twitter. I don't even know how it all got started. I'm pretty sure I dragged you two in there because I was like just groaning over Reddit speculation per usual. Carrie was like, you're the only two worthwhile people on this health site. It was especially bad because like I had Skype at that time. Wow. And a few other things to like talk to people with. But I had known you both from Tumblr. So I dragged you in there and we just kind of bounced ideas off of each other. And I don't even remember what set that was. It was around Shadows Over Innistrad, I think. Origins or BFZ? I hadn't even gotten on Twitter yet, then. There's the hard limit. (laughs) (laughs) I started writing around Magic Origins, and I got on Twitter like a year later, so before Shadows Over Innistrad. I know, Carrie, you had just published Breaking Down the Order of Heliod and Heliod. You really love that piece. Well, I reference it because it's like... I mean, it's, it was like the only one that ever talked about it, but at the same time... It was like an actual good speculation piece? My last one. <laughs> <laughs> and first. Yeah, first and last. <laughs> I don't think it was before the Emrakul reveal, but it was somewhere in there. Sometime around then, me and Carrie became friends because I have a distinct memory of calling Carrie in the night to talk about Immerkul because I was really worked up. We were both upset that people were oblivious, which isn't a big surprise considering like most of the speculation that goes on, but we'll move on. I think Lorelai gave me the first retweet on Tumblr that got my blog on Tumblr going. That sounds right. So that was nice. Thanks, Lorelai. It started as like a, a regular chat. We called it the Infinite Vorthosium, after the Infinite Consortium, because we're, we're giant nerds. It has gone through many names over the years. It is currently the Infinite Day Spa and Resortium. Resortium, but okay. Resortium, yes. Sorry. It has been that for a while now. It was the Infinite Sandwichium for a time. <laughs> <laughs> it was a chat for a while, and we didn't really share like what we were working on too closely. And then we started collaborating more and more on stuff, culminating in the Raven Man theory, which I wrote the majority of, but Carrie and Lorelai were major contributors, helped me track things down, helped me bounce theories to, like, eliminate the dumb stuff. The big break in the Raven Man theory came from the geography of Chandelar, which I was piecing together for some sliver research. There were two short stories written about slivers, one for Magic 2014, where Hastrick gets lost in this gap, and then one in 2015 where Jalira and Yisan find Hastrick, take his journal, and go to the gap. The gap is the sliver nest on Chandelar. So using those two stories, 
we were able to figure out at least the basic geography of the Colonian wilds, which includes the Skep, it includes the Eastern Seas, it includes the Onaki catacombs, and it includes some good inferences that it is close to, I can never remember the city, Artistan? Whatever the capital city is, yeah. Addresden? Addresden or something Whatever it like is. That. Yeah. From the original Chandelar comic. <laughs> From Chandelar lore long, long ago. And we were able to piece together the reality that the Skep is at the location where Limdul's war occurred. It is referenced in the first sliver story called Prisoner of the Skep. Once we realized how close the Onaki catacombs were to the location of that war and where that city was, it mapped pretty closely to Limdul's activity on Chandelar. That's when we really started racing and thinking and speculating. Who knows if there's just a limited number of locations on Chandelar, but <laughs> we'll take what we can get. Yeah. But this started, like, I think in late 2016, and I didn't publish the piece until the following year because the publication of a Marisol card got me, like, panicky. I'm like, I gotta publish this now. But we, like, refined it over, like, eight months. They kept dropping clues in new stories and we kept getting new information about the Raven Man as Liliana was back and reintroduced into the story. There were a lot of clues in Eldritch Moon because the Raven Man talks a lot and the Onaki talk a lot. I had done a re- bunch of research on the Onaki anyway, on my own. So we had gotten a lot of new information, and then Carrie tracked down the player's guide for the original Micropose Chandelar game, which just solidified so many more things. And then we realized the full art for the Chainvale card has two skulls on it that look a lot like Arzakhan, the demon planeswalker from the Chandelar game, and Limduel with his horns. I remember that vividly. The day we implicated Arzakhan in this whole thing was the day I was in Seattle on vacation and had lunch with Kelly Diggs and Allison Lors. It was a very interesting lunch in which I got to say a lot of things and nothing got said back to me. (laughs) Yeah, then he published the article and it was like a big thing. The podcast, though, wasn't our first complete collaborative project. We had been thinking about a podcast for a long time, ever since we were, like, collaborating. So I would say, like, we'd been thinking about a podcast for at least a year or more before the first Vorthos cast came out. But we, at the time, didn't have time for it. I had an infant at the time. So what we ended up doing was something we didn't have to all be on the same schedule for, and that is Magic Minute. Live listeners, how many of you know what Magic Minute is? You can just keep going with the podcast. Nobody's going to answer. <laughs> Correct. Absolutely no one. We had literally dozens of views on YouTube. I forget which store, but one of the big stores began using that name for their like their their short news items. I think it's Star City Games. And we were just like, let's not even argue this. <laughs> like, we barely had time for it. We had initially wanted to do some kind of YouTube content because the YouTube content that was out there was kind of, let's just say, plagiaristic in nature. And the plagiarism of the wiki isn't the smartest idea. I think Urza's page has like single digit sources on it for a couple thousand words. It's not 
the best referenced or best like double checked item. It's very easy to tell when someone has just used the wiki because like there's blatantly inaccurate information that only appears yes, there. Which is an issue when it comes to disseminating that information on YouTube to a lot more people than most podcasts or any kind of articles had reached at that time. So we were trying to think of ways to actually communicate some of the story information that we had, especially because it was kind of a booming time with Magic Origins and the new era that lasted forever. Which one of you was it that called me out on Tumblr for one time? There was this like discourse on Tumblr a while ago about whether or not you should cite sources when posting like recaps and stuff of the lore. And I was on the side of you should you should always cite your sources and they should be good sources and not the wiki because the wiki sucks. I think it was Carrie that was like, hey, you shouldn't insult the people who make the wiki. And I go, but it's wrong. And I think it was Carrie goes like, yeah, that's true. <laughs> I mean, yeah, because Jay, Jay helped a lot with the wiki. And there's a whole bunch of dedicated people there but they have the entire breadth of magic to cover which includes product releases and tournaments and deck archetypes and a whole bunch more stuff than lore so the inception of the podcast came when we knew dominaria was coming i had finally had time in the evenings arjun was old enough that like i didn't feel bad for leaving my wife alone for like two hours an evening around bedtime. So it finally got to the point where we could take like, I could take like an hour out of my schedule. Carrie, Lorelai, and I worked together. We actually recorded three podcasts we've never released about the Rivals of Ixalan story. And we're never going to release them. They are very bad. It was us trying to find a rhythm. Yeah. We were not going to jump right into Dominaria not having done anything yet. I had bought like a $30 budget microphone just to see like how we all podcasted together and how easy editing would be. Just figure all that stuff out. So we did a, a bunch of test episodes and then we were like, you know, I think this is working. This is the thing when it comes to content creation. No one starts professionally. No one starts nice. Everyone starts rough. And I'm sure if you go back to listen to the early episodes, they are probably really, really rough. Oh, I did. I listened to episode four because we were telling people that's where the Sarah stuff was, and our sound quality was so bad. It's a lot better now. Thanks, patrons. So we started a podcast called The Vorthos Cast. I was very adamant that we had a very clear name that very clearly explained what the podcast was. Oh, that's right. Yeah, that was a that was a smart play because you can have a very clever name, but there are a lot of clever magic content names. And people don't always know, you know, what they're getting. At the time, the only other Vorthos podcast was the Lorgoifs. And with the name Lore in it, you knew what it was. But, like, we couldn't also do that. And also, we were going for a different tone than the Lorgoifs were. So the Vorthos cast, you know, is much more straightforward and businesslike. Just like our podcast is a bit more straightforward and businesslike <laughs> than the more playful Lorgoifs. You cannot claim that this podcast is businesslike. I meant more so. It's like a talk radio show. Have you heard some of the things that have come out of my mouth on this show? <laughs> uh. <laughs> it's as businesslike as it possibly could be, with all things considered. 
concerning the lore of a game where there are fish people and dog people and cat people and other weird races and creeds and religions and things of that nature. So, you know. We're doing it as seriously as we can. (laughs) Which was good, because we had started wanting to be the authorities on magic lore leading up to Dominaria. Because we were going to say, hey, we're going back to Dominaria. There's a ton of history that a lot of people don't know. So let's tell them about it. And we wanted to be the source rather than the wiki, which we've already talked about is problematic. And I don't think we wanted to be the primary source. It was more of connecting people with resources that generally were outdated, which is kind of why we started the with Ice Age and kind of the paperback cycles that were entirely inaccessible at the time. Right. So then we did 29 episodes with the three of us, which was a good run. And then, uh, then I left. Carrie died. And then I died. Carrie died. That's true. Well, in those 29 episodes, we'll get to Carrie dying because that was at the end of that. But in those 29 episodes, I'm really proud of like some of the criticism we did there because our critique episode, which I think was the episode Carrie died, or it might have been the episode before Carrie died. I don't remember. Our critique episode resulted in a lot of the things we talked about getting fixed. It was very nice to see that we were both being listened to and, you know, the kind of simple solutions that we presented could be fixed and were were acted on rather quickly. I'm very proud of how we handled that because we were all very angry and frustrated as fans at the time. And we managed to have a very level-headed and reasonable conversation and provided actionable solutions to some of the problems we saw. I hope that in the wider Magic community, that episode can be looked at as kind of an example of how to critique the things that you like in positive ways that are constructive, but not giving any slack. Because we harped on Wizards plenty in that episode. I will say the way we critiqued it definitely was involved with me being hired as a continuity editor. There were a few things there. But one of the things I was told when I was first hired is that they liked the way I dissected the problem and recognized that Wizards is a business and not a single author with unlimited time to put a story together. They also liked that you got the Raven Man thing like right on the head, though. (laughs) I actually don't know. I still have not asked because it's not pertinent to the, the work I'm doing. Shout out to Watsi, anyone from Watsi who is listening that may have been involved with getting those fixes done. Thank you, and we appreciate you for doing that. I cannot stop speaking good things about the new Magic Story page on the website. It is so unbelievably better than it used to be. Oh my god, yeah. Like, you can actually find Magic Origins without clicking 29 times? It's a functional site. Yeah, so then Carrie died. I had left the podcast, went and did my own stuff. Played a lot of Overwatch, and I'm missing Overwatch League right now. Carrie has never left our group chat, though, I should note. It, it wasn't like we stopped being friends or anything. Carrie was still in our group chat. We were all still chatting on a regular basis like we were before. Just they departed the cast, which is fine. They needed a definitely needed a break because it was like you said, we were all very frustrated right then. Yeah, and I think I was probably the most frustrated. I came back to the game less expectant and i know that sounds kind of abysmal 
being like, I just came back to the game expecting much less from the communications. But they fixed a lot of the small stuff that made the story kind of more usable at a baseline level, including the story page. They haven't fixed a lot of the systemic issues, and communication got worse in other regards, specifically organized play and a whole bunch of lack of communication there. But at the same time, like, that doesn't affect me. I'm not as heavily invested in this anymore. I enjoy talking about the stuff. I enjoy collecting the stuff. I'm collecting dualist issues right now. Thank you. There's a whole bunch of other ways I can enjoy magic that are not, I guess, feeding into the main popular line of communication, which is like the ongoing story. Because I'm not too hot on that, and I'm still not going to be hot on it, but eh. And you can still troll the community like a boss, like you always have. For real. I don't know why everybody thought I'd come back and be serious, but... (laughs) (laughs) And just to be clear, if you saw that Urza Multani post that I made recently, that, like, a lot of people seem to have believed despite the comments, it's not real. (laughs) He planes walked out of the tree, he didn't meld with the tree, and you're not gonna get green Urza planeswalker, of all things. But Jake commissioned that post. I got paid a handsome sum. I did. That morning, I had seen it everywhere, and I'm like, Carrie, you need to troll this. I think, amusingly enough, for as much as Carrie is a giant troll, Carrie will definitely go down in the community as one of our premier archivists, especially with the work with the duelists, and already finding, like, what, what is it now, two new planes that previously hadn't been recorded anywhere online? Two new planeswalkers, one new plane, and then a whole bunch of short story bits that depending on the content stream next week, which I don't think there is any magic story content, I may just be posting those up with other source materials, to put it obliquely. (laughs) Carrie departed, and we were down to two co-hosts. And to replace Carrie, we tapped into some other resources. And that is when Brian and Ashley joined the show. We asked Carrie for who they thought should replace them on the cast. And Ashley and Brian were their first two picks. So first of all, Brian and Ashley, when did you first start listening to the podcast? From the beginning. I never listened to it before I came on. I just said that I did. She doesn't even listen to it now. (laughs) That was correct, but I don't have to listen to it now. This is true. So what were your thoughts when each of you, let's, let's start with Brian, when you were brought on board the podcast, when we invited you to join us? Shocked honored nervous you were in our mentions doing a whole bunch of lore stuff before anybody else was so i knew you would be fine (laughs) oh yeah for real like i didn't know brian all that well then but i knew your twitter handle because you're always in there with like intelligent comments and i saw those likes brian (laughs) i saw those likes oh and i already met you at gp vegas so yeah that was fun it was like a (laughs) non-issue Oh, yeah. My team beat your team at trivia. Woo! That's my one claim to fame. (laughs) That's been my only motivating factor in doing any of this, (laughs) is just hopefully to get revenge on you one day, because I sucked at the Lorwyn questions. (laughs) It was some kind of MTG lore trivia. That's fine. I would suck at the Lorwyn questions, too. So, Ashley, what about you? My thought was, uh oh, I really made them think I know something, don't I? Uh-oh. And then my second thought was, no, 
No. Thanks for asking, but hell no. I don't have time for that. Then I was like talking to my sister and I was like, I'd feel bad if I said no. Like right out. So I'll wait a little bit and then say no. Like I had, cons- I'll pretend that I considered it and then I'll say no. And then I thought about it and I was like, this will sure get me some Twitter followers. <laughs> <laughs> and then 25 episodes later you've almost been part of the cast for half its life i've almost been part of the cast yeah i'm it's almost like i'm a real member <laughs> and it's been fun and I'm, I'm glad that i just went ahead and said yes even though i like honestly instantly regretted it and then i changed my mind because i was like it's fun you guys are both very knowledgeable on the story and also like two of the genuinely funniest people I know, and especially listening to the podcast after I left, I still held by that. So I appreciated you guys accepting. It has been an absolute pleasure having the two of you, Brian and Ashley, join the show. It was awkward, honestly, to to, to be candid at, at first, because I wasn't sure how it was going to work, because the whole podcast idea came out of me, Jay, and Carrie being good friends for all those years and doing our own little project and both of you coming in was going to change the dynamic and I was in my normal anxiety ridden way was worried that it wasn't going to work out and things were going to be really different and bizarre but y'all have been great and have proven my pointless worrying wrong and everything's gone great. To be fair that that was a legitimate worry because we you know we had three podcasts before we felt like we could have like the correct repertoire with each other going the correct dynamic between each other to carry a whole podcast so adding two new people to that was we weren't sure if it was going to work or not but we're going to give it a shot because we needed extra voices especially and frankly we're making all this crap up as we go along anyway i mean like we have no idea what we're doing (laughs) we 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 (laughs) fell ass first into this kind of success with this podcast so far so Thanks for being part of the ride. If we sound like we know what we're doing at any point, like it, it's not true. I think we owe a lot of like the success and the fact that like an outsider would look and, and think that we're really organized and we will have it together. I think that we owe a lot of that to Annie's managerial talents. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Just having her to, uh, she's smelling the microphone right now, having her to just like, direct us and lead us and do our PR and, and edit, which is all very hard work and run everything, do all of our research for us and, you know, teach us how to speak. It is true that Annie the dog is both the president and CEO of the Borthos cast. So that that is official. Can confirm. <laughs> I think once we created the Patreon and had especially created this live listener tier, which I think we've had for what, like ten episodes now? Maybe God, has it been between five and ten? Has somewhere? it been that many already? I guess it has. Ever since we had that, I think our live listeners realize like how much ridiculousness is going on that gets edited out of the <laughs> podcast. Or how many times we go, Oh crap, what was that called again? Let me look it up. They seem to enjoy it though. Yeah, I've been really happy with Patreon so far. By the way, if you would like to support our show and do not already, you can head over to patreon.com slash thevorthoscast. Everyone who supports us gets access to our Discord community, which has been great. It's where we do the live lessons. We've been running a D&D thing 
when we find time for all of us to get together. If you do like our show and would like to help financially support us, because we cannot keep the show going without it, definitely head over to Patreon. I think that was one of our good decisions and another decision that I was really worried about. But we've been able to purchase new microphones for all of us, so we actually like sound good. We pay for our SoundCloud subscription through Patreon. I know we've picked up some art books with Patreon money to help us out doing research and whatnot. We are super appreciative of all our patrons and all the financial support that y'all give us. We've also commissioned some artwork with it, which will hopefully be coming in the near future from uh, Diosboss on Twitter, who does a lot of people's avatars and things. I'm very excited for the final. He's been working very hard on fulfilling all his commissions lately, so hopefully we'll see that soon. He always works very hard. He is a fantastic human being. I am super stoked. I cannot wait. So let's move on to listener questions. These are questions from our listeners who want to know about us and the podcast. So the first one is very appropriate. It's from PropertyMTG on Twitter. And the question is, could we get a full episode with Arjun, please? And the answer to that is no. <laughs> <laughs> like, Boo. First of all, it's going to keep him up way past his bedtime. Usually when he invades the podcast, it's before or after bath time. Because his bath time is right around when we start recording. And then if he invades towards the end, it's because it's his bedtime. Also no, because I usually don't send him away. Sorry, I heard crashing from the other room and I'm like, oh my god, what happened? And then I realized it's his, the, the Duplo's in his bedroom. <laughs> he gets bored very quickly. So like he gets tired of you people. <laughs> Not to be insulting. Unsurprising. But he's also a three-year-old, so... It's a novelty to walk in and, and listen for a minute and say some things, and then he's, he's pretty done. Our next question comes from MageBlade2 on Twitter. The question is, when are we going to get Arjun and Annie together? Uh, I don't know. Ashley, what's your schedule like? It really depends on uh, college. Maybe after finals. Yeah, we can specifically get the two of them together to record Annie and Arjun together. I don't know. That's probably not going to happen. Annie loves kids. Oh, that's good. Arjun loves dogs. She likes to sniff them and then run and hide, but she enjoys the initial sniff. Arjun loves dogs, but he gets very excited and tends to scare smaller <laughs> dogs, especially. Our next question is from Cube April on Twitter. And the question is, will Ellie ever get a chance to speak? Or does Jay have them bound and gagged in the basement of the recording studio? So my last name is not Jay and Ellie. It is Anelli because I am Italian. Okay, April? So Ellie is actually what Arjun thought his last name was for like uh, at least a solid six months. That's all he could say of the last name. <laughs> oh no, I was just saying bold of you to assume any of us would have a recording studio. I think we're all in kitchens or bedrooms or blanket forts. As Laurel, I had originally. I do not know if that situation has changed. <laughs> I record from in my bed under my blankets. I do not need the blanket fort anymore, actually. The room I am currently in has a whole bunch of old theater costumes in it. So there's just fabric everywhere. So the acoustics in here are really fantastic. I am still recording from the same computer desk that I've been recording from for the entirety of the podcast. 
Our next question comes from Flamel7 on Twitter. And the question is, what made y'all start this podcast? I think we talked about that a little bit already. But, you know, for me, it's something we'd wanted to do for a while because there was kind of a dearth of the kind of lore content that I want to consume. I don't know about you. I thought I was going to get rich. That's why I quit. (laughs) (laughs) Wasn't happening fast enough. I like being smart. I'm a blue mage. Y'all may have noticed that interacting with me. Uh, I, li- I like knowing things. I'm, I'm proud to know things. I like helping other people learn things, which has been a huge motivation for the podcast and a lot of my magic content in general has been like, hey, there are so many cool things about magic and about magic story and about magic's lore and about magic's characters. And I want more people to know that. So getting to be the person that helps people learn new things like that has been a huge motivation for me. And like for years, I have just churned out magic content and like I cannot stop. And this podcast was kind of a new challenge and a new way to do that. And I am liking this a lot, especially now that I'm writing professionally. I'm trying to write magic content less to try and keep myself from running into burnout. So doing the podcast is actually a really nice way to keep creating magic content without having to rely on my other professional skills. So it's similar for me. I initially got into writing about magic story around when my son was born because all I could do was things on my phone and there was only so much internet I could surf. So I started writing my first few articles on the phone and then eventually got onto Tumblr after like a year of writing for MTGS. You know, it just occurred to me this podcast was very Grixis for a long time, because Carrie is definitely our, our mono-black troll. Lorelei is full blue, and I am very much red, because my answer to the question is, because I wanted to. I felt like it. I mean, Brian's overwhelmingly green. My my reason is because I can't say no to things, so I guess that makes me Celestia or and or green, or however you want to do it. I don't know. Elves are so intrinsic to everything that i think about when i hear your name yep (laughs) that's very on brand we're way more jund now or wet jund oh please do not say that jay you cursed this (laughs) cast moist jund moist jund god i'd like to think that i I, i'm i'm selesnia i'm solidly selesnia i don't know what color i am what what color am i you're definitely black red no you're definitely ragdose that's what I thought. That was a trick question. If you said I was blue or something, that would have been ridiculous because that would imply that I can read. <laughs> we have a pretty good color distribution now, though. <laughs> Our next question is from Bamfnix. What has been each host's favorite episode slash series of episodes? Hands down, our April Fool's episode last year about Segovia. That was my brainchild. I'm so proud of that joke. I crammed so many jokes into 35 seconds. Go on SoundCloud and and find it. It is phenomenal. I found this amazing license-free music. It's literally the first song I listened to on the first website I went to, and I just was like, this is the music that we have to put under this episode. It was perfect. So, so Segovia is 1 100th the size of Dominaria in scale. So everything in the episode is 1 100th scale. It is, uh, the 35 seconds is 1 100th of what our episodes were at the time. It's labeled episode 1 100th. It literally disseminates 
every bit of canon lore about Segovia and one questionably canon piece of information about Bolas uh, going there, which was only author's word of God, but we included it anyway because we had to actually fill time. I will say Magic Minute really helped us make that. We had written like a bunch of scripts for Magic Minute and had to record in a very, very short time frame for them. I'm, I'm very proud of that joke, which is unsurprising for me because I love jokes. I would say my favorite was the Ice Age episode because the Ice Age is just my favorite and getting to ramble for like 40 minutes about one of my favorite settings in Magic and a bunch of my favorite characters, at least one of which has come back. It was great. My favorite would, would definitely be the April Fool's one. Yeah, it's pretty clear-cut. Even though I wasn't on that one, it's, it was great. I don't remember anything we say after we say it, so I'm going to uh, <laughs> pass on this one. Carrie, what about you? I would probably say the leaving one. It was pretty fleshed out, I think. We had a lot of preparation in what we wanted to talk about and what we wanted to present solutions for even though i had left at that time i still got to see you guys be excited in the chat when things were slightly less horrible for story communication so that was all upside i i will have to say though by the beginning of june i think i will have a new favorite episode oh, just gonna <laughs> tease us yeah rude we're definitely gonna have some very good episodes after april the next couple of months are going to be very exciting. The next part of this question is, what is each host's favorite podcast in MTG, and what about outside of the MTG podcasting world? So I'll go first with this one. I enjoy listening to the Lorgoifs and Goblin Lore, both of which intermittently. Maybe when I get back on a regular commuting schedule, I will be listening to them a lot more regularly again. But those are the two podcasts in MTG that I will consistently listen to, even if I don't get every episode. Outside of MTG, hands down, Hardcore History. I love that podcast. What about all of you? I listen to a lot of Magic podcasts while I work. I tend to absorb a lot of it content. I love the Lorgoifs. I'm also a huge fan of At Your Instep Podcast. I'm a big fan of the Ponder Podcast. Melvin and TJ are great. They're they're amazing. So, like, the Ponder Podcast is a little bit humor plus some competitive play, but they also have a lot of good hosts. At Your Instep has a lot of good puns, but they're also a little bit more competitive. Their news and competitive slant. Magic Mike's is great. There's just a lot of good magic content that I enjoy. You absorb a lot more than I've ever heard of. <laughs> Here's the deal. Like, I have my headphones on at work all day for the full 40 hours that I'm at work, plus the way to work and the work way back from work. So half of that is Green Bay Packers podcasts, <laughs> and half of that is magic podcasts. And, like, I generally, like, this week I'm overflowing because I did not listen to podcasts most of Monday because I had to listen to videos. I'm an accountant for a living, so... <laughs> So I, I don't have to, but I'm I'm not the public kind. I, I work for a corporate, I'm a corporate accountant. So I generally can work in a silo by myself and not have to talk to people if I don't have to. If we're saying what our favorite podcasts are, I commute 
two hours a day, twice a week, so you'd think I listen to a lot of podcasts, but the only one that other than ours, okay, well, I don't listen to ours, so the only one that I really listen to, <laughs> not religiously, is I really like My Brother, My Brother, and Me, because I don't like serious podcasts, so I sometimes put a random episode of them on my commute, just to see what the brothers have for me that day. So my dirty little secret about magic content is that I am literally the worst at consuming other people's content. I really don't listen to any other podcasts, magic or otherwise, regularly. I will occasionally tune into Lord Waves or Magic Mics or uh, Good Luck High Five, which used to be Magic the Amateuring. I'm so bad at consuming content, largely because I was producing so much content and working when I really started doing magic stuff that I didn't really have time to consume a lot. My worry is that if I consume too much content, I will create content that is too much like the things I listen to, or I will I will be influenced too much by other people's ideas, which kind of sounds like BS when I say it out loud. But like I've just been always pushing my own ideas and content that that I just haven't absorbed a lot of other stuff, which I guess also sounds really selfish. No, especially when I was writing, I did the exact same thing. Like. I read maybe a quarter of what you actually wrote, Lorelai, mostly for the reason that I don't want to be like influenced too much by what you're doing or what other people were doing. Now that I'm doing the podcast and, you know, I'm doing continuity editing, I gave myself a little more freedom to listen and, and see what other people were doing and saying. I'm especially very interested in Vorthos speculation now. So like anybody who's doing speculation content, I will look into, especially when it comes to Modern Horizons, because this set is my baby. This is the first time I have seen baby cards get to grow up. So like literally anybody who is making content, making predictions about Modern Horizons, please put it in front of my face because I want to read it and judge you. <laughs> I don't listen to non-magic podcasts either. The, the, the main content I... I'm big into science YouTube. PBS Digital Studios has a channel called Eons that is very good, as well as Deep Look. SciShow is also very good. There is a Canadian illustrator who has a channel called Animal Logic. So she, she is by trade like a wildlife illustrator and, and stuff. So, so she will take an episode, talk about a thing, and while the episode is happening, the background behind her is her illustrating whatever the thing is and, and drawing and sketching and coloring and so each episode talks about a thing but then from the start to finish of the episode you get to see one of her drawings come together which is really cool that's really the, the non-magic content i consume what magic podcasts i haven't really consumed much magic content from coming back i've mostly just throw my fecal matter into the void on twitter and people kind of like and retweet it <laughs> It's entertaining to be a content creator that is so unconventional and not called a content creator where I'm just like constantly trying to get people to trip over themselves seeing my posts. But what content I actually did listen to before then? Limited Resources, MTG Goldfish Podcasts, and Cartel Aristocrats. So three not for those choices. And I'd listen to Lorgoyce and Goblin lore when that came out initially. And then non-magic podcasts, I like kind of the McElroy family of shows, as Ashley does. And then Astonishing Legends, that's 
kind of about it. I've been listening to a lot more ebooks lately, so I haven't had as many podcasts. <laughs> Our next question is from WolfieStar123. What would you say is each person's official title on the podcast? Officially, officially, we're all co-hosts. Except for Carrie. Carrie is now guest host. Jokingly, or like for what our actual roles are, I'm usually the one who puts together our agenda, adds things into it. Everyone edits into it, but like I created the agenda originally, this Google Doc that we all work off of as we go. Lorelai is our editor. So Lorelai does the vast majority of the editing for us now. I also run most of our social media. Oh, yeah, that's true. And manage our Patreon and, and all that crap behind the scenes. That's kind of a producer role as well. Yeah, I'd say that would be accurate. I do a lot of the behind the scenes stuff. But yeah, editing is the big one. I spend the bulk of my weekend time editing, at least on Saturday. Saturday is like my editing day. I'd like to think that my role is Merit Lage Enthusiast. <sighs> Never Merit Lage. And Elf Reinforcer. And I'd like to think of the poor man's carry replacement so that I can be... I, someone has to Someone has to troll Jay and Lorelai, so... <laughs> oh, you are not the poor man's. You do all that while bringing more lore knowledge to the, the podcast <laughs> than I ever did. <laughs> I try. Yeah, it's it's been helpful, Brian, because you know a lot more pre-mending stuff than Carrie and Lorelai did when we started. <laughs> so <laughs> my pre-mending lore knowledge is all stuck in the pre-revisionist times, pretty much. <laughs> because when we were going into Dominaria, you know, instead of doing sensible things like filling in the holes in Carrie and Jay's knowledge and reading like the Odyssey and Onslaught blocks, I just decided to go into, like, the Armada comics and Distant Plains and, like, read all this pre-revision stuff, which I really enjoy. Like, I, I really dig the pre-revision lore content, and I'm just continuing to delve into it. It's It's been really fun. Yeah, but Dominary is my main area of expertise when it comes to magic lore, so I, I, I love that. But that, that that's my role in the podcast. <laughs> Ashley brings, a lot, I would say, brings a lot of art knowledge for us because she is a actual artist. So our next question comes from David A. Schultz on Twitter. What has been your favorite thing about making the Vorthos cast? And what do you look forward to about making it in the future? So for me, that has been the reaction to it. I'm very glad our audience has increased to the size it has. I really like having this weekly get-together with my friends here. And what I look forward to about it in the future is being able to talk about the projects I've worked on once they're released. Yo, but that is real, though. Like, there, there is nothing I am looking forward to more than being able to talk about Modern Horizons more. And, and a little bit of war, because I, I know some war stuff. My favorite thing is the, the friendships. Y'all are some of my best friends. I have gotten to know a lot of people in the magic community itself on a grander scale better after doing this podcast. It's been great, I think, for all of us to have this social thing to keep us engaged in magic every week. I like that the podcast can be a focal point for engagement for the community every week. We have never accidentally missed a week or like we have voluntarily taken weeks off for Thanksgiving and Christmas last year. But otherwise, since starting... We have produced a podcast every week, and that's impressive. I'm really proud of that. 
I have a lot of pride in how well this show has gone in a job well done from a creative perspective. I'm very proud of us for the show, and that's all very wholesome. But I have secrets that I get to talk about in the future, and I like Ravnica a lot, but we have been on Ravnica for a long time, and I'm ready to get off of it, and I'm ready to talk about other things now. It's funny how quickly we got used to two planes a year, because we've been on Ravnica for... An eternity. How long we used to be on planes for... (laughs) I'm very excited about the next couple months of podcasts. My favorite thing about doing this podcast is getting to troll Jay and Lorelai. Ah, I'm not gonna lie. It gives me a little warm sensation. Also, seeing their interaction in the group chat has been nothing short of hilarious. What was my favorite part about making it? I don't know. I don't make it anymore. I enjoyed having, yeah, something weekly to ground myself and catch up with all the news that I had inevitably inevitably missed because it was done in tweet replies. (laughs) And then what do I look forward to about making it in the future? The mini episode stint we'll do for this little run um, and stuff that's coming next week. Who knows what it is? I don't. (laughs) I don't because I actually haven't created it yet. But once I get to creating it this weekend, it's going to be real hype for next week. (laughs) Our next question comes from Wooberg on Twitter. And the question is, could Carrie shitpost so hard even they believe themselves? This plays into some of that. I will be making available the first 1.5 through 10 issues of The Duelist. And they will be made digitally available. There will be no text transcription for them besides some stories that I want to decide to feature over the weeks. But there's a lot of power there. I could change what was written in the Duelist 1.5 and it would take somebody else having the Duelist 1.5 to cross-check me. And I think that happened with Ethan on Twitter when I had debuted Antasia, A-N-T-A-U-S-I-A, which was the plane I had found in like Duelist number three or four. And he's like, oh, I checked and it's actually there. And I'm like, you guys think I joke all the time. You guys think I'm a big <laughs> joke. And I am. How, how would we ever think that? I appreciate people having some skepticism to anything that I post. But at the same time, I want you to have that skepticism towards like everything that has been written about the lore online. <laughs> because I guarantee <laughs> that where I try to intentionally bamboozle you... Some people are trying to unintentionally do so because they might be copy and pasting from, let's say, a game wiki. Who knows? It's difficult, and I do like teaching that lesson, but at the same time, it hurts my heart every time I see somebody genuinely believing one of my goofs in the mentions. And it's like after five or six replies of people just saying, like, Carrie... And then there's somebody who's like, I can't believe Urza actually like pooped his pants. And I'm like, yeah, he did. <laughs> so like, <laughs> you can say whatever you want online. Not gonna lie, you got me once. And every time after that, <laughs> I've, I, I like it's such a blessing that I have so many of these books in like physically. And I'm like, I, whenever you post a photo like of a section of book, I'm gonna go. I always go get that book before I reply. <laughs> you were so good at catching that one though. Carrie gets me all the time, especially in the group chat. You fell for the the duels trailer as well. 
<laughs> I started to, and I was like, I was like, Carrie just reposted uh, that Gideon's gonna die trailer, and then I watched the whole thing, and I'm like, oh my god, really? <laughs> that was, I think, my favorite Carrie troll because it was almost the entirety of the Duel's 2012 trailer, and then it was only just the end that was edited. So if you didn't watch the entire trailer all the way through again, which most people probably didn't because they're like, oh, I've seen this before, then you wouldn't have seen the joke. That was very good. I I really (laughs) like that. My jokes rely on like two key things, which is like inaccessibility of the original resource, which is people just not knowing the duels trailer existed or not having access to a book to cross-reference a page and like the people who don't have access to it spreading it inadvertently because they don't understand the joke. <laughs> which which isn't the healthiest. That's <laughs> <laughs> true. So this last question comes from Vorthos the Willis. What do you do for a living? I believe this was originally targeted at Brian, but it's kind of a good question for our listeners to get to know us. If you've listened to the podcasts where I was away in the fall, You probably already know, but I work in emergency management. By the time you're listening to this, I will have started my new job. And what that means is, like, I help coordinate and manage government resources for disaster services. I've worked for state government in the past, for Red Cross in the past, and I'm starting a new job on Monday. Y'all already know what I do, because I won't (laughs) shut up about it. I I am currently uh, working freelance writing. I have two main gigs right now with Wizards of the Coast. I'm contracted to write names and flavor text. Modern Horizons was my first set. There is another set I am also working on right now. So you have a lot of exciting things to look forward to and a lot more secrets from me in that arena. And speaking of arena, I'm also contracted to do some writing for Magic the Gathering Arena. I really can't talk about that much other than the fact that I'm doing it. And when the first of my stuff gets published, then I will talk about it. And I will be sure to let y'all know what is up and what I've been doing. Because I'm very excited for it. And I'm very excited for everyone else to uh, get to experience it, too. I'm excited to see it, too. I am a corporate accountant. So, yeah. Pretty boring. I am currently a college student at SCAD in Savannah, so I'm hopefully going to graduate soon and become an artist. My major is in comics, so I guess what do I do for a living right now? I'm a cashier at GameStop. Quick question for you. Do you have Battletoads? <laughs> That's an ancient. I gotta tell the story. So there's we get a, a lot of prank calls, as you can imagine, and someone called my boss and asked if we had any copies of Big Chungus. And he was so confused and he didn't know why I thought that was so funny. He missed the opportunity. He likes to play along with these jokes like I do. And so he goes and he makes sounds like he's like searching around. He's like, oh, look, no, we just sold our last copy of Big Chungus. (laughs) (laughs) So he didn't know that it was a joke. He didn't understand that it was like a meme. But he knew that it was a prank call because we get a lot of those. And if little kids, if you think I enjoy getting prank calls, here's the thing. I do. I enjoy it immensely. And <laughs> I hope people do that because number one, as long as I'm on the phone, I'm not having to do something else. Number two, 
I'm holding up three fingers right now, actually. Number two, it's funny. I am the senior app developer on Magic the Gathering Portal. <laughs> I know you guys haven't heard from me in a bit, but... That's because you've been dead. Yes, that is <laughs> because I've been dead. I help with background screenings, and I do a boring, well, not a boring part of it. I do a necessary part of it, which is quality control. To be clear, Carrie does not work on the Portal app. What? I could? You don't know? <laughs> you guys have a whole bunch of stuff NDA'd from me. I could have something <laughs> NDA'd from you. I could be the senior PR representative for sure. the MTG Portal app, and I'd be doing my job right now. <laughs> Reminding people that it's coming, eventually. <laughs> Let's move on to final thoughts. So, my final thought is... Definitely check out Weekly MTG this week. And if you're a fan of the story, you're definitely going to want to see the interview with Greg. And then, if you can, watch the Emerald City Comic Con panel. And don't worry if you miss it, because I'll definitely be tweeting about it afterwards. And the podcast afterwards, I will be talking about it and talking about, you know, things in the panel that are talked about. We're just alluding to stuff this week. We're not actually delivering anything. <laughs> We're like, keeps, stay tuned. <laughs> Lorelai? My final thought. So we record on Thursday. So this, this is Thursday, March 7th that we are recording. Today is the day that I found out that young Alex Trebek is really hot. <laughs> Awful news is that he has stayed for pancreatic cancer. So he made an announcement on Jeopardy about it and how he's going to fight it and made a joke that he's still on our contract for three years, so he has to survive. I've never seen someone take like a really awful cancer prognosis and like be so calm about it. He's just the consummate professional. So like everyone on Twitter is talking about Alex because he is, as far as I know, like not a problematic human being and generally well liked and regarded and trusted by pretty much everyone. But someone had tweeted, so, so he, you know, he has worked in entertainment and, and was singing with a band and he's really young and he's really hot. He's got like that kind of sad looking Joseph Gordon-Levitt eyes. He has a very Rock Hudson hair, which is, forget it, none of you know who Rock Hudson is. He's an actor from the 50s and 60s. Did all the really big, colorful melodramas. Wasn't he in Scorpion King? No, that is... Dwayne the Rock Hudson Johnson. <laughs> <laughs> At least he played into it. People get surprised and have been calling me the new Carrie a lot, as if I haven't done trolley things before and can't just roll with trolley things. Come on, people. Know me better. But yeah, so so my final thought is, you know, I, I talk a lot about being a huge lesbian, but I am technically pansexual, and young Alex Trebek could get it. Brian? My final thought is that uh, the Broken Pact and Bylaw and Order are great and people should watch them, as said by Chris RD19 in our live viewer chat, because I have not been able to keep up with them lately since they moved to Monday evenings. And, and if you want to feed me my final thought, you should join our Patreon and become part of our live listening group. That is my final thought. Ashley, what is your final thought? My final thought is that if you're listening to this on Monday, yeah, it is finals week for me, so what's up with that? How dare they? Thoughts and prayers. How dare they have there be finals? Good luck. 
Maybe one day I'll graduate. Hopefully. Carrie, what's your final thought? First one for a while. First one for a while, indeed. I'm back, baby. But that's with, like, two or three E's before a Y. <laughs> Thank you all for listening. This has been the Vorthos Cast.